If you live here, you've probably heard someone say that no one ever leaves Dunridge. And it's true. For us, this place is like a vindictive magnet. Take one step away and it will pull you back in, claiming it's revenge for you trying to escape. Of my high school graduating class, no more than a dozen moved away for college, and of them, more than half ended up coming back not two years later. But Dunridge isn't just a place that no one leaves. No one ever comes to Dunridge either. My entire life has been spent here, and I can't name a handful of people I know who weren't born here. It's why it was so easy for me to recognize Rob as an outsider at the cliff. When you see a new face in town, it tends to be noticeable, because it's probably the only one you've seen in weeks. This has been a weird week for me. Regardless of how motivated I felt after my conversation with Rob, I didn't have any potential leads in front of me. I was, admittedly, at a bit of a loss as to where to continue looking for information about what happened to Lewis. No one around town was talking about it, and my only real option seemed to be to ask his close friends or relatives about it, which I really didn't want to do. After all, there was certainly some truth to what the sheriff had said. The people who are close to Lewis are in a lot of pain right now. The last thing they need is to be approached by an independent investigator prodding at their personal lives. So for a few days, I did nothing. Nothing but sit and brew on what had happened and where to go from here. That is until I saw Isabel Clark. If you do live in Dunridge, and I'm going to have to assume that most people who hear this don't, then you've heard the name Clark Real Estate. Isabel is just about the only real estate agent in town, and why would there be more? There isn't a whole lot of demand for homes here, so just about any vacant building in the area has her sign sitting out front. Some of which have been sitting there for years, likely without a single interested potential buyer. Early one morning, I drove past a house with one of her signs out front hammered into the grass. A pretty standard sight. But there was also a woman standing on the front lawn, dressed in a well-fitted pantsuit, taking photos of the property from every angle. Even with her face buried in the screen of her camera reviewing her work, I recognized her from her ads as Isabel Clark. To be honest, I didn't expect her to have a whole lot of information to share with me, but it had been a few days since I'd done a scrap of work on this project, and I figured it couldn't hurt to share a conversation with someone who was so firmly planted in the happenings of the town. So I pulled into the driveway and introduced myself to her. I half expected her to laugh at me and ask me to leave her to her work, but surprisingly, when I explained what I was doing with this podcast, her eyes lit up with interest. She invited me into the vacant house for a cup of tea, which I gladly accepted. Miss Clark, I'm honored to have you on the show. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. So, tell me... What exactly is it that you want to know? Um, well, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, it's not like I really planned on meeting you here or anything. Uh, to be entirely honest, I've hit a bit of a dead end with the investigation. <laughs> is that so? You're new to this, aren't you? <laughs> is it that easy to tell? 
You don't really hide it. Right. I'll, I'll work on that. Well, I guess at the moment I'm not investigating one specific incident so much as I'm just trying to find evidence that I'm justified in wanting to investigate the town in the first place. I mean, this place really is weird, right? It's not just me. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Well, that's certainly a relief, but what makes you say that? There have got to be reasons why so many people in town seem to agree with that. I mean, you must know just about everybody in town. I'm sure you have some sort of stories or something. Oh, sure. I've certainly seen a lot here. Though what I haven't seen a lot of are property sales. Or even people interested in purchasing property. Yeah, that seems like it's the case. Doesn't make my business sound so good, does it? (sighs) Well, not exactly, but... I have a feeling it has nothing to do with how you're conducting your business. And you'd be absolutely right. I'm damned good at what I do. And Dunridge isn't the only place where I conduct business, you know. I sell property in plenty of towns around the area. I don't even live in Dunridge. In fact, the only reason I started working here was because no one else seemed to be. I figured it was a good opportunity to corner a market. But over eight years of selling property here, I've come to realize that there isn't much of a market to corner. And do you have any idea why that is? Well, simply put, no one wants to live here. There's nothing here, and it's a dangerous town, even though it has no real reason to be. Low crime rate, relatively nice school... But any smart home buyer who looks at property here and in the next town over is going to buy in the next town over, nine times out of ten. It sure seems that way. To tell you the truth, the majority of my customers are young people who grew up here and are moving out of their parents' house, buying their own houses here in town. It's like every kid who goes to high school here sticks around to rot alongside this dying town. No offense. Yeah, none taken. Not to mention, most of the properties are tied to some sort of morbid event. People look that type of thing up, you know. It's a lot harder to sell a home to someone once they find out a man murdered his wife inside of it. And that's something you have to deal with a lot here? Relatively speaking, yes. And is that, like, a specific example? I I mean, have you really had to sell a house where that happened? Yep. Small place, tucked into that dead-end neighborhood off of Hayden Street. They say, in the 80s, the man who lived there had a serious breakdown. Warned all his neighbors that they were doomed. That the neighborhood was being watched over by an evil presence. His wife eventually getting fed up with him, tried to leave to get herself and his kid out of the whole situation. He caught her in the driveway before she got to her car. Slit her throat with a broken wine bottle. The neighbors found him the next morning, sitting in the middle of the driveway, having drawn something that looked like a non-existent language on the pavement in her blood muttering about how she could never leave. And you're sure that isn't just some sort of rumor? 
Like any story, I'm sure some of the details have been assumed or changed over time, but there are very real newspaper articles about it that people have dug up to show me when I was trying to sell the property. Oh, well, whatever happened in that house? I could never get it sold. It's been sitting for years now, forgotten by just about everyone. <laughs> that uh, feels kind of like a metaphor. Unintentional, but not inaccurate. So, have you tried suggesting property in Dunridge to people who are looking at homes in any of the other towns nearby that you work out of? Sure have. Demand for property is so low here, you can get the same types of places for an amazing value. It's always the same, though. They'll come in and visit, say the property looks gorgeous, but that it just doesn't feel like the right place. Never any specifics, just that it doesn't feel right. And honestly, I can't say I disagree. And, uh, what do you mean by that? I mean that even though Dunridge and the next five adjacent towns are perfectly similar on paper, this place in particular just feels gloomy, I guess. It's hard to explain. That's all right. Honestly, that's something I've been hearing a lot lately. So if sales in Dunridge are so bad, why are you still working here? I guess for the same reason I started. Because no one else is. There may not be a lot of property selling in Dunridge, but almost 100% of those sales are still going to me. Small market or not. I've got a good opportunity here, especially if sales do pick up in the future. And I'd be lying if I said it wasn't partly because this place fascinates me. Nothing ever seems to happen here, and yet... Everyone you talk to has a weirder story to tell than the last. There's something, I don't know, spooky about the whole thing. It's kind of fun. Even though I was still feeling pretty lost as to how to continue my investigation, my conversations with Isabel and Rob had me feeling optimistic in a way. At the very least, it was confirmation that I'm not the only one who thinks there's something strange about Dunridge. Hearing that there were others who found it unnerving and even spooky meant that there could really be something to this, though I still wasn't exactly sure what that might be. That night, I had a dream that was unnerving. I was lying on my back in a patch of forest. At first, I, I didn't recognize where I was, but I could make out the familiar shape of the cliff diner, what looked like hundreds of feet above me. I couldn't move my body, but I could see and hear. Something felt off about the sight, and for what felt like a long while, I couldn't figure out what it was, until I finally realized there were no stars in the sky. The only light that was illuminating the forest in a dull shade of orange seemed to be emanating from the cliff. The sounds of the wind and crickets and animals started low and slowly grew until it was ear-splittingly loud, ringing through my entire head. My vision started to get blurry, and then, all at once, it stopped. All of the noise of the forest went silent, except for the faint sound of footsteps through the dead leaves, followed by an inhuman noise, like a 
gurgling growl that seemed to come from everywhere all at once. Suddenly I noticed that there were a number of figures standing in a loose circle around me and startled as I was I couldn't move a muscle to get up or shout. They were chanting something but it was so deeply muffled I couldn't make out a single syllable. Slowly the growling noise grew in volume until, like the sound of the forest earlier, it was completely ear-splitting, rendering me unable to focus on anything else. I woke up in a panic, my heart beating as loud as I'd ever heard. I've never felt so happy to see the inside of my bedroom as I was in that very moment. I've had plenty of nightmares, but for some reason this one just felt so real. I'm not one to try to put meaning to my dreams, and I chalk this one up to me spending a little too much time focusing on the investigation. I told myself that I should take a few days off to clear my head a bit, but the following morning I noticed an interesting email claiming to be from someone here in town. Sapphire is a local athlete. She plays pivot for Corgi Crash Dummies, a local roller derby team. I know, for such a small and lifeless town, you wouldn't think we would have much in the way of sports leagues, but yeah, there is a small but passionate league for roller derby here in Dunridge. And within that league, the Corky Crash Dummies is a force to be reckoned with. In her email, Sapphire asked for an opportunity to meet with me. She said that she believed she could be of some assistance in the investigation. To be honest, she didn't give a whole lot more information, but I didn't have much in the way of leads, and at least this was someone who I knew had a wide network of local connections. So I invited her to my home studio for a chat. Sapphire, I appreciate you reaching out and meeting with me today. Ditto. Well, not about reaching out, but you get it. Yeah, of course. So what did you want to talk about with me today? Well, all of it, I guess. The investigation. Sure. I mean, there isn't too much that hasn't already been shared on the air. I did have an interesting conversation with the woman from Clark Real Estate a couple of days ago about how it's nearly impossible to sell property in Dunridge because every house has a dark past or every potential buyer decides the town just doesn't feel right. It's weird though, right? It's the same exact thing that trucker guy said to you. This place doesn't feel right. And you know what? I totally get it. Yeah? Oh, fuck yeah. Look, I've traveled around a little bit for roller derby, and I know once you've spent enough time here, you don't really notice it. But anytime I return home from out of town, I get this messed up feeling. Messed up? Uh, I mean, how else would you describe it? I know it's probably not that easy, but if you could try. Like, everything sucks, I guess. Like, there's something watching me, and no matter what I do, I can't shake it. But weirdest of all, it feels like I shouldn't have left. Like, I did something wrong. I don't know. It sounds stupid, I know, but it's the best I can describe it. No, no, it makes sense. And does that happen every time? Sure does. I kind of just assumed it was like a post-vacation depression or... Just another symptom of being a jaded millennial or something, but hearing that guy describe it made me realize we were feeling the exact same thing. And you think that means something? I mean, I I don't want to sound like I'm brushing it off, but if you're suggesting that it isn't a coincidence, then what are you thinking? It's magic or something? Magic 
no, but I wouldn't rule out the paranormal altogether. I mean, you said it yourself that this place seems to be unique, right? Isn't that like your whole thing? You think Dunridge is seriously fucked up and you're trying to figure out why. Yeah, I mean, Dunridge definitely is odd. I'm not saying it's totally out of the question. I guess I just didn't think the investigation was going to lead me to the conclusion of something paranormal. I guess I just feel like I should be skeptical of that sort of assumption. Of course. Gotta keep it professional. You know, they never found the body. What do you mean? Lewis. No one ever found his body. The sheriff was kind of weird about it, too, but a friend of mine knew his family. Uh Uh-huh. Apparently, they had put together a little search party to try to recover his body, and the sheriff got all weirded out with them. He insisted he had done a full sweep of the area and that a wild animal must have gotten to the body in the night or something. But I think that's bullshit. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. And then, he and some other cop-looking dudes started hanging out around the entrances to the trails around there and preventing anyone from going down that way. It's like there was something they were trying to hide. Well, you remember when I talked to Sheriff West, it seemed like he wanted me to drop the whole investigation. Maybe he does know about something in those woods that he doesn't want anyone to find. So it would seem. Maybe we should go check it out. Actually, yeah. It'll be dangerous, but that's probably the best shot we have at actually getting somewhere with this. But if the entrances are guarded, how do we slip past them? Probably best not to talk about that on the air just yet. I mean, who else might be listening in? According to my analytics, just about nobody. Well, maybe if we play this right, we can change that. 